You can be seated. And if you would turn to Luke chapter 5 this evening, Luke chapter 5. Now, in Luke 5, we see our text. Luke 5, Jesus is speaking, verse 12. It came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy. Seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Now, this is a question that millions of Christians are asking right now. In 2007. Lord is it your will. Lord I know you can. I know you can heal me. I believe you got the power. I believe you can do anything. I believe nothing's impossible to you. If it be your will. And you've got. Most ministers and Christians. Pray for healing that way. If it be thy will. Most. We are the minority. Did you know that? Oh yeah. Most preachers, most Christians pray, Lord, heal us, heal them, heal me, if it be thy will. Is that right or not? Most, most. And I'm not throwing any stones, because I used to pray that way myself. But this man prayed that way, if you will. Lord, heal me. What did he say? If you will. You can make me clean. Did Jesus answer the man? Read the next verse. What did Jesus say? Jesus put forth his hand and he touched him. And what did he say? Two words. Two words. This music to this old country boy's ears. (laughs) Two words that to me stagger. Above all the theory and conjecture and wondering and wavering and intellectualism that ever came out of any university or any book ever written. These two words tower above it all in my mind. When Jesus said, I will, to me, that answers the question. Is it his will for me to be healed? Now, this is a big one. Oh, this is a big question. And the thing is, we see so many other scriptures that talk about without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is how you receive the blessing of God. And if you are questioning the will of God, you cannot be in faith. If that sounds strange to you, don't let it get away from you now. I said, as long as you are questioning the will of God, you cannot be in faith. In order to get in faith, you have to get established what the will of God is. Like Brother Bosworth said in his book, Christ the Healer, faith begins where the will of God is known. And that's not just a saying, Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes. By hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Actually, the the, uh, literal is the word of the Christ, the anointed word. Well, what do you get when you're hearing the anointed word? The word of God reveals the will of God. 
I mean, how would we know it's God's will for everybody to be saved? Except we had read, it's not His will that any should perish. And whosoever will can believe and be saved. Now, if we didn't know that, we'd be saying, Lord, save them if it be thy will. But we don't pray that way because we found the will of God. Well, the same Bible reveals God's will about healing. And here it is in red letters. Is that right? Red letters. Jesus said, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. The living Bible said... The man said, Lord, if you only will, you can clear me of every trace of my disease. Jesus reached out and touched the man and said, of course I will. (laughs) Of course I will. Be healed. So from this verse alone, I conclude that it is his will. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he said, I will then, he's saying, I will now, or he's changed. He is no respecter of persons, the Bible says, in a dozen places. So if he told him, I will, what would he tell you? He'd either tell you the same thing, or he's a respecter of persons. Neither of those can be true. If he has not changed, he's saying the same thing. If he's no respecter of persons, he's saying the same thing to you. So in my heart and mind and understanding, any believer can take this scripture right here for themselves and say, it is written, I will be healed. It is his will for me to be healed. But now we're also taught that every word is to be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. And so we have proceeded to give 30 And we have given one and two and three, and I'll review just a little bit for those that have not been with us. Reason number one, we're sure it's God's will for us to be healed, all of us to be healed today, because God's word is medicine. Number two, a strong spirit will sustain you. Number three, the original creation. We ask the question, on what day did God create sickness and disease? Well, he didn't. Number four, God's will in heaven. We asked how many sick folks in heaven? Number five, the origin of sickness. Number six, we proved from the Bible that sickness is a work of the devil. Number seven, there's a covenant of healing. And God takes covenant very seriously. Number eight, the eternal names of God. He still is the Lord, our good shepherd. He still is the Lord who's present with us. He still is the Lord, our righteousness. And how many believe he still is Jehovah Rapha? I am the Lord who heals you. He's never changed. Nobody has a right to take the great I am statement and say he was. Nobody has a right to say that. We also saw that sickness is a curse. And thank God we've been redeemed from the curse. We saw Types of redemption revealing healing was in redemption. And then number 11, we saw the actual plan of redemption itself. And by his stripes, we are healed. Number 12, what was it? Huh? First fruits. We saw that soon and very soon, the power of God's going to flow over this body, whether it's in the grave or whether we're still in it, and it's going to change it from mortal to immortal. Hallelujah. 
And we can't claim that right now while we're living for every molecule to be changed and become immortal in our body. But we do get a foretaste of it. We get a first fruits of it. And we talked about that. Number 13, we talked about the fatherhood of God. Didn't we? fatherhood of God and if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more shall your father in heaven give good things I mean if a son asks his father for a fish is he going to give him a snake no if he asks for bread is he going to give him a rock no you ask for healing God's going to give you cancer no huh no No. the answer is no and also we saw healing is called the children's bread that was number 14 wasn't it the children's Bread. Well, are you a child of God? Yes. Well, then the bread belongs to you. Yes, it does. And it didn't even say it's the children's dessert. That's right. Like it'd be something special for a few. No, bread. Bread. Everybody ought to get some bread. Yes. Right? Yes. Healing is the children's bread. And we looked at that. And you know, the Syrophoenician woman that was not a Jewish proselyte couldn't be born again yet. Jesus hadn't gone to the cross. And he said, it's not right to take the children's bread. She's asking for healing and deliverance and throw it to the dogs. She said, yeah, but you know, the little dogs under the table get crumbs. I believe a big smile came across his face. He said, woman, great is your faith. You just won't quit. (laughs) And what she's saying is, I don't need a whole slice. Just a few crumbs of this. Will set my daughter free. Well, you don't just, you know, a few crumbs is not just your inheritance. You are a child. You are in the kingdom. You can have a whole slice. You can have a whole loaf. Whole loaf. loaf. (laughs) What is the loaf? What is the bread? It's healing. The Bible says so. It's deliverance and healing. It belongs to us. Now let's go on tonight. Reason number what? Reason number 15. We're sure it's God's will for all to be healed today because of the mercy of God. The mercy of God. Would you turn to uh, Mark, the first chapter, and look at Mark's account of our text that we just got through reading. And notice though uh, Mark added something that Luke didn't say. And really to get the full story, you have to put all these accounts together. Mark 1 and verse 40. Mark 1, 40. There came a leper to him, to Jesus, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Now this is the same account we read from Luke, but it's Mark's account of it. Jesus, verse 41 Moved with compassion. That's what I want you to notice. Luke didn't say it like that, but Mark did. Jesus moved with compassion. Put forth his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be thou clean. We just got through reading that the Lord said, I will. Touched him. But here Mark says, he was moved with compassion. Wonder if he's still moved with compassion today. Well, certainly he is. He never changes. And we're going to see as we go on that person after person that needed healing, that needed to be set free from some kind of 
addiction or bondage or control, came and cried out to the Lord, Lord, have mercy on me. Remember reading it? Lord, have mercy on me. Blind people, uh, crippled people, deaf people. The list goes on. Have mercy on me. And everybody that ever came and asked for mercy left healed. Every one of them. Every one of them. Hold your place here and look at uh, 2 Corinthians, I believe it is. 2 Corinthians, first chapter. 2 Corinthians 1 and 3. 2 Corinthians 1 3 says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the what? This is 2 Corinthians 1 3, the Father of mercy. Huh? Mercies, plural. The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Does God have mercy in more than one area? Oh, thank God he does. Thank God he does. Now, when we usually think about mercy, we think about, well, we've sinned and God had mercy on us, forgave us of our sin. And thank God for that. But he has mercy for other things, too. Hmm? He has mercy just when you were dumb for dumbness. Huh? He has uh, financial mercy. Anybody ever had to appeal to that? I have. I have. More than once. I've had to fall on my face and say, Lord, Forgive me. You tried to tell me not to do that, but no, I had to have it. And I didn't listen to you. And now I've messed myself up. Anybody with me on this? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Lord, I'm asking you for mercy. If I'd listened to you, I wouldn't be in this shape. Nobody ever got in a financial mess listening to God. I'm going to say that again real slow. (laughs) Nobody, no individual, no family, no church, no ministry, no missionaries ever got in a financial mess listening to God. No. No. When you obey God, your needs get met. Hmm? Now... Christians believe a lot of junk in these areas. So-called charismatic, so-called word and faith people believe a lot of junk. You know, there's, there's all kind of people believe if you really set out to completely obey God, look out. All hell's going to break loose. Huh? What's that based on? I mean, all kind of Christians believe this. They believe, oh, now, if you really obey God... Oh, man, look out, look out, look out. I mean, your finances are going to get attacked. Your body's going to get attacked. Your marriage is going to get attacked. So what you're saying is the more 
you obey God, the more cursed you're going to be. Because financial problems are a curse. Physical problems are a curse. Marriage problems, problems with your kids are a curse. It's all a curse. And what you're saying is the more fully I really obey God, the more cursed I'm going to be. Millions of serious Christians believe this. And without realizing it, they with their mouth are just opening the door to the devil in their life. Saying, yeah, I know it's going to happen. Come on in. I know it's going to happen. I know it's... And some people, they kind of try to ride defense and not fully obey God to avoid it. <laughs> it's a lie. I said it's a lie. The more you obey God, the more your needs are met. The more you are kept, the more you are blessed. And the devil ain't what he cracks himself up to be. He can't just come in and hurt you because you're obeying God. No, he can't. Oh, he'd like to. It's not true. (laughs) What was I talking about before I got off on that? Mercy. He is the father of what? Mercies, plural. He has mercy for your finances. You know, in the Psalms, it said fools because of their iniquities are afflicted. And there are times when, when individuals, you, me, whoever, we just need to fall on our face and go, I've been a fool. You know? But you know, so many Christians don't want to do that. They just want to blame it on the devil. It's easier on their pride. Hmm? Everything's going down the tubes. We've gone from 2,000 people to 20. And we're nine months behind on all our bills. And we're all sick and we can't do anything and we're losing everything. And it's because we have decided to fully obey God. God is doing a purging because we have got so much more committed than the average Christian. And what we're doing is so vital and important to the kingdom of God that the devil has taken his demons off of other people and assigned them to us. Is that so? Or could it be something else? But see, people would much rather say that than admit, I didn't hear from God. I missed it. I said he told me to do this, but you know, I don't guess he did. (laughs) See, people don't want to say that. And see, the thing is, Phyllis and I, there's been times, you know, it's hard for us to talk to people. If they are so adamant, God told me. No, I know he told me. Yeah, but it's been a disaster for the last two years. Are you sure? I know he told me. (laughs) Well, it's hard for us. What am I going to say? No, he didn't. I mean, you've basically shut the door. We are all learning about hearing from God. We're all learning. Being led by the Spirit is not something you learn all about in a month or two or a year. Hmm? And I know I had the privilege of working with Brother Kenneth Hagin, 
who's in heaven now. He's my father in the faith. And this man has walked with God for 60 years. Somebody say 60. 60. 60. Had multiple visitations from the head of the church. Saw and heard Jesus personally. And yet, after all that, he'd be ministering and he'd say, Now, I, I feel like the Lord said this, but said, I'm a man. I could miss it. And you judge this in your own heart. And if it don't bear witness with your spirit, then you just throw it out. Now, if a man with that kind of experience talks like that, why should somebody that got filled with the Spirit two weeks ago look at somebody with 25 years more experience than them and go, I heard from God and I know it. God said. Because so many times people did, they got a, a, an impression of something that they put their own interpretation on and added their own thoughts to it. And then they said, God said it. And really, he never did. They sensed this and thought this and said this. And are now in the next county away from what God said. (laughs) Sometimes you can sense the right thing and assume it means something else that's wrong. I've had people, one time a guy came and he said, you know, I don't agree with what you said on so-and-so. And I said, I don't think I said that. Yes, you did. I was there. I heard you when you said it. I said, I don't think so. I know you did. I said, I don't think so. I said, they recorded it. Go get you a tape. I'm going to get it. I know you said it. Well, I saw him the next day. I said, you get the tape? Yeah. I said, well, what did I say? Did I say that? He said, well... Not exactly, but that's what you meant. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, there's folks that do God that way. What did he say? Well, that's what he meant. Uh-huh. So, you know, being so adamant about God told me this is a characteristic of immature ones and prideful ones. And learning how to hear from the Lord is something we're all growing in. Is that okay? And if things have just gone terrible and in the gutter for the last month after month after month, you may want to admit that you missed it. Because you are not more cursed because you obey more fully. That is not true. If you be willing and obedient, all hell will break loose. Huh? You're going down, man. No, no, uh, no, no, no. That ain't Bible. That's charismatic tradition. Thank you. Thank you. And it's not Bible. If you are willing and you are obedient, you will eat the good of the Lamb. God will protect you. He will keep you. He will meet your needs. The more you obey Him, the more He's able to do it. There are no God-ordained failures. And nobody got theirself in a terrible mess listening to God. 
Well, I just did what he told me to do. Are you sure he told you to do it? Selah. <laughs> but even if you messed up, even if you just were dumb and you did, God trying to tell you something, but no, you had another idea and you just pushed it and you did it and now you're in a mess and you owe everybody in town and your credit's a mess and everything else. Listen, it is not the end. I said it is not the end. Somebody said, well, you, you made your bed hard, now you got to lay in it and you sowed it and now you got to rip. No, no, don't forget. Don't forget. Mercy. 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 Mercy means you don't get the punishment and judgment you should have got. And mercy means you do get the good stuff you shouldn't have got. <laughs> I've told this before, but it'll bear repetition. Phyllis and I, not too long after we got started in the ministry, we'd never had any money to speak of and we started tithing, we started sowing, and we started getting harvest, and, and some money started coming in, and, and we just spent it, <laughs> and didn't take care of our taxes properly, and didn't take care of some other stuff, and just dumb, and got in a mess over a period of a year or two, and then when, you know, we owed taxes, and and we, you know, you were just kind of making it pretty good, but well, when you got to do other stuff plus keep up, you can start getting behind in a hurry, and then it just keeps getting worse. And so, we got to the place where we owed was it thirteen or fourteen thousand dollars on back taxes, and this was years ago. And uh, we we did what we knew how to do, and we got it down to about ten. But we're believing God. And the first step of this was putting our nose in the carpet. Are you with me now? Putting our nose. Now see, we could have said, the devil just attacking us. Because we're serving God so good. Devil's just attacking us. He's attacking me. He's attacking my finances. He's a, he just laughed while you messed yourself up. No, we were just dumb. Didn't think beyond our nose. <laughs> so here we are. Well, we repented. Somebody say repented. repented. Say it again. Repented. We repented. Yes. Say it again. Repented. We repented. Yes. Repented. Yes. Means we admitted. Yes. We acknowledged our ignorance, our foolishness, and how we missed him. And we asked for mercy. Yes, oh, thank God. He is so merciful. said, Lord, if we'd listened to you, we wouldn't be in this shape right now. But we didn't. And we did some dumb stuff. And you know it better than we do. And we're repenting. And we're going to listen to you better. We're going to have more wisdom in the future. Help us. But Lord, we need help right now. (laughs) You know, and I know we hadn't earned it. We don't deserve it. But you're merciful. He's the father of mercies. More than one area. Lord, we're asking you for mercy. So we went on for a few weeks. And we were at another city having a meeting. And a man, a minister, had told me, wanted me to agree with him about some stuff in his finances. 
and told me a situation about a tax thing that somebody was having trouble with. And I just said, mm, yeah, I know how that is. That's all I said. I just said, yeah, I know how that is. And, well, the Lord dealt with him. And the next day, he said, uh, do you owe taxes? I said, why? <laughs> this is before a service. And uh, he said, well, I, I got a reason why. I said, well, yeah. He said, how much you owe? I said, do you really want to know? Do you need to know? He said, yeah, the Lord's dealt with me about it. I said, well, we owe $10,000. He kind of looked down. He said, okay. We're going to send you 1000 a month till it's paid for. Glory to God. And they did. They did. And during that same week, we had another $5,000 debt. The people we owed called us and said, forget about that. We want to just sow that to you. We didn't ask them to do that. They said, forget it. So in one week, we got $15,000 worth of, of debt and, and back taxes. And it wasn't because we were so smart and had so much faith. and what, what is it? Mercy. The mercy of God. Does God have mercy for your finances? Even when you've messed yourself up. God has mercy for forgiveness of sin. He has mercy for financial mistakes. He has mercy for marriage and family mistakes. So much of people's relationship problems are self-induced. Running their mouth. Saying and doing selfish stuff and just sabotaging their own relationships. And there are people that have just messed themselves and estranged from family and loved ones. God has mercy for that too. I said he has mercy for that too. Even though you've messed it up and blown stuff, he can fix it. He can put it back together. Y'all not agreeing strong enough on that. Someone say, yeah, but you don't know what we did. Yeah, and you don't know about the mercy of God. How powerful it is. How strong it is. Yeah, but you don't know, man. We really had a blowout last time. I don't care. If you'll believe God, you can have mercy. You can have mercy. We've seen it. Relationships that were just done. Not only did people not love each other, they despised each other. They didn't want to be in the same room. Now they adore each other. How can you get from hate to adoration? Mercy of God. It can happen. We've seen it. There is nothing too far gone. There is nothing too bad that God can't fix. Got to have faith in his mercy. And you need to know it's not because you did everything right. Right? But because of his mercy. Well, also God has healing mercies. Doesn't he? Healing mercies. Healing mercies. Let's read some of these scriptures. Back up to Matthew, if you would. You got time for this tonight? Matthew 9. Oh, hallelujah. Lord's helping us tonight. The Lord knew you was going to be here tonight. Didn't he? He's helping you. Helping me. Matthew 9. And... uh, 27. Matthew 9, 27. Two blind men followed Jesus. Notice what they said. What'd they say? They said, Son of David, 
Have mercy on us. Now what they want? They wanted their eyes open, didn't they? They wanted their eyes healed or, you know, they could have been born with something not there. They wanted a creative miracle in their eyes or a healing, but they wanted healing miracles. Well, why didn't they just ask for it? Why didn't Jesus correct them and say, what do you want? Mercy. I thought you want healing, don't you? What are you asking for mercy for? He never corrected anybody. Anybody that ever asked for mercy got healing. What does that prove? Healing is a mercy. Oh, no, friend, this is some of the best news you've ever heard. I don't know if you realize this or not. What does that mean? Mercy is unearned, undeserved, unmerited. Which means you don't have to earn it or merit it because it's a mercy. It's by grace, through faith. It's a mercy, just like forgiveness of sin, just like being born again, just like going to heaven. It's a mercy. So it's got nothing to do with how good you've been or how bad you've been. It's not based on that. I've had people look at me and say, well, so-and-so's a good person. Why wouldn't God heal them? And I looked at them and I said, what's that got to do with it? Well, they're a good person. So? That's like saying so-and-so was a good person, a good humanitarian. Why can't they go to heaven without believing in Jesus? Well, because nobody could ever be good enough to be saved on their own merits. So Jesus had to come and pay the price. And that's why you can't be good enough to deserve a healing. Same thing. It's a mercy. Well, Lord, I'll try to be better. I'll try to do better if you'll heal me. This is not let's make a deal. <laughs> you can't buy a healing and you got nothing to trade. <laughs> and if you do, it ain't worth enough. No. That's what the scripture says. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. And people sometimes take that and that's the only verse they know. Well, no, that's why you can't operate in yours. You've got to operate in his. He has given us his righteousness. Glory to God, which is already accepted in heaven. Because ours could never be good enough. Now, we should do good works. We're going to get rewarded for them. Amen. But it's not how you get healed. It's not how you get your sins forgiven. And uh, you want to watch it. Any kind of thing trying to buy a healing. You know, any kind. I've had people in healing school before when I worked with Brother Hagin that didn't know they were brand new to these things come because I was the main one speaking and offer me a bunch of money. And I knew in my heart they think they can buy a healing. And I couldn't take it. How many remember uh, Simon offered money? Remember that? Said, let me have this power so that people I lay hands on get filled with the Holy Ghost. And boy, Peter <laughs> spoke rough to him, didn't he? He said, you can't buy the things of God. And so we want to be on the watch for that. Healing has already been bought and paid for. 
forgiveness of sin has already been bought and paid for. Completely. Completely. There was nothing in the universe that was valuable enough to buy it except one thing. The blood of the Lamb. And He paid it. And He bought it. And it's what the Bible says. You've been bought with a price. You're not your own. So glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Both of them belong to God. Say, I'm bought and paid for. My healing's bought and paid for. I don't have to do one thing to earn a healing. Not one thing. It's already completely bought and paid for. It is a mercy. If it was based on us getting good enough to get healed, none of us would ever be healed. So it's a mercy. It's a mercy. So when people say, I don't deserve for God to heal me. Right. (laughs) Didn't you already know that? (laughs) I just, I've messed up. I've made mistakes and I just don't deserve to be healed. Exactly. That's why it's by his mercy. But I'm going to go over this again real slow. Mercy. What does it mean? Tell me what it means. Mercy means you don't get the judgment and the punishment that you should have got. Hmm? And it means you do get the good things, the blessings that you shouldn't have got. It's mercy. Mercy. (laughs) All smart Christian children learn that word early on. When they get in trouble. They're about to get punished. They go, ah, mercy. Mercy. Sometimes they didn't realize this punishment is mercy. Compared to what you should be getting, boy. They should have mercy on us. And what they get? They got healing. Go to Matthew 14. Wonder if the Lord's still having mercy on people. Hmm? Is he still having mercy? Yes, he is. Psalm 86, 15, while you're turning there, it says, God, our God is full of compassion. He's gracious. He's long-suffering and plenteous. In mercy and truth. Does he have plenty of mercy? He's got plenty of mercy. Now what people don't realize. When they're saying it might not be God's will. To heal them. What did they just get through saying? It might not be God's will. To have mercy on them. Isn't that what they just get through saying? Because we've proven healing is a mercy. We're going to prove it even further. Does that sound right to you that it might not be God's will to have mercy on somebody? That can't be. He's rich in mercy. The Bible says to all that call on him. No matter what you've done. You know, so many people in the world don't believe that. And it grieves me. And I know it's because the spirit of God's in me. It grieves the Lord. When he's telling people, I'll forgive you. I'll make it right. You can put it behind you. We'll go on. I'll still use you. I'll bless you. I'll give you blessings. I'll heal you. I'll meet your needs. I'll get you out of trouble. And people look up and go, yeah, but no, you don't know what I've done. You know how bad it is. He knows everything. He knows things you don't know. 
how bad it is. And he still told you he'd forgive you. And he'd have mercy. Don't you know Peter felt bad standing out there by that fire where he had denied three times that he even knew the Lord. And he's one stood out there and was the loudest about, I'll die with you. I'll die with you. I don't care. I will never deny you. And he stood out there. And when it came down to it and the pressure was on, aren't you one of his? Uh-uh. No, no. You got to be. You got the same accent as, as them. The Galileans. No, no. I don't know him. I saw you. I knew you. No, I don't know him. I'm telling you, I don't know him. And stood out there and spoke curses and and denied the Lord. Reckon how low he felt when the rooster crowed. And he remembered what Jesus told him. And I stood up there so adamant, I will never deny you. If I die with you, I will. And he cried. The Bible said he sobbed grievously. He cried. I suspect he thought that was it. Don't you think? There are indications that say so. Because when Jesus was raised from the dead, you know what he said? Go tell my disciples and Peter. Ooh. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) He's not in the group. Well, he's the one said he wasn't. Remember that? He's the one said he wasn't. Go tell my disciples and Peter. And then after he's raised from the dead and they caught the fish and they're sitting there on the side of the lake. And he took him aside. He said, Peter, he knows he's hurting. (laughs) Boy, you love me? He said, yeah. (laughs) How many times did he ask him? (laughs) Three times. (laughs) He denied him three times. and, And he said, asked him again, Peter. Do you love me? He said, yeah. Yes. Because last time they talked and he told him he's going to deny him. He was so vocal. He was so adamant. He probably came across a little milder this time. (laughs) He's probably thinking, "Uh, I think so. You tell me. (laughs) But he said, yeah, Lord. And then the third time he said, Peter. Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know I do. And he said, will you feed my sheep? What does that mean? He's going to have a job in the kingdom. He's not out. Oh, come on. Now, come on. He's not out. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost fell on them. And Peter stood up. He's not moping around and dragging his feet. I'm not in the bunch and I've missed it. He stood up and preached like a house of fire. Thousands came in. And book of Acts follows him right on through. Miracle. People getting healed by shadow. Falling on them. That's getting used to God. That's after Standing out there cursing and denying the Lord. I'm telling you the Lord's mercy endures forever. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how badly you've blown it and messed up. If you're willing to repent. There's a future for you. 
a bright future for you. You can still be used of God. Yes, you can. Don't let the devil tell you any other thing. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. But now, but now, if you want to, you know, beat yourself over the head, you go, well, I've blown it. and I know I'm not worthy. Don't try to talk to me about it. I, I, I know it. Well, that is the only thing that could hold you out. Your stubbornness, your pride. And see, this is really uglier than people think it is. What you are saying is that the blood of Jesus is not enough to completely cleanse you and make you holy and righteous again. You got to beat yourself over the head and add some of your little pitiful works to it to prove how serious you are of how serious your sin was. And you got to feel bad for a few years. To prove it. The only thing you're proving is your ignorance and rebellion. And that you don't believe God forgave you. If he forgave you, he forgave you. You're either clean or you're not. And if you are, there's no need dragging your head around and poking your lip out. I'm so sad and I've messed up and I can't get my life back. Listen. We serve a God who created the heavens and the earth. Nothing's too hard for Him. And He is the God of, the Father of mercies. Mercies. Did you find Matthew 14? Matthew 14. Look at it. 14 and 14. I believe it is 14, 14. Jesus went forth and He saw a great multitude. How many people in a great multitude? Hmm? Well, we see places where a multitude was thousands of people. And this is a, what kind of multitude? A big one. And Jesus was what? Come on, come on, come on. He was what? This word for compassion is not the word for just feeling sorry for somebody. It means to be moved as to one's insides. The love of God's been shed abroad. Where? In our heart. In our heart. That doesn't mean your blood pump. Right. Heart means the core of your being. The love of God shed abroad in our heart. And the love of God rose up in him. And moved him. To do something about their hurting. Moved him. To do something about their pain. And their weakness. And so he was moved with compassion toward them. And what was the result? What was the result? He healed their sick. Not part of the sick. Not some of the sick. Their sick. Which is what? The sick of the great multitude. Now come on. You've got to understand that among thousands of people and thousands of sick. There's got to be some people there that don't deserve it. Huh? I mean, these meetings weren't held in a church house. Anybody can walk up. And they did. We, we got examples of prostitutes, street walkers, washing Jesus' feet. We got people coming up, tax collectors and, and sinners. And I mean, you know, we're having these meetings out in the open country and on the streets. And so street people and hoodlums and crooks. And, right? Are coming up. How many of them got healed? If you look at the other 
places in the Word. It says it sometimes. And He healed them all. And He healed them every one. Have you read it? Well, among great multitude and great multitudes, are you telling me there wasn't even one really mean guy? (laughs) One really low, low sinner person that didn't deserve to be healed. It never was about deserving anything. It never was about anybody deserving or meriting anything. The love of God is what healed these people. The mercy of God. It ain't come get paid time. Come let's see how good you've been. Come let's see if you can deserve this. No. The mercy of God healed them all. Drunks and drug addicts. Prostitutes, murderers, rapists. Are you listening? Got healed in these meetings. And it is so sad that people stay away from churches like this. Because they think, well, I ain't good enough to go in there. That's exactly why you should be in here. None of us are good enough to be in here. Except by His grace. And His mercy, He has made us that way. Not by what we've done, but by faith in Him. So when the devil comes and lies to you and says, well, if you'd have done everything right, well, maybe you could be healed. Well, if you knew enough and you you didn't fully obey God and, and you opened the door here and you messed up here and you did something ignorant here and you disobeyed here, thank God for mercy. Mercy covers all that. Mercy makes up for all that. Say it out loud. I have faith in the mercy of God. I believe in the mercy of God. One more place. Philippians 2. And I think I can close. Unless you want a lot more. Yeah, just three people. So, Okay. Philippians Philippians 2. What are we talking about? We're talking about we are sure it is God's will for all of us to be healed today. Why? Because of the mercy of God. Jesus used to be moved with compassion and heal people. Is it still happening today? It's still happening today. People used to ask for mercy and get healed every time. Does it still happen today? Yes. Now, you must not, you must not come for healing or any other thing going, Lord, you know, I've served you faithful and I've done everything you told me to do. You owe me this. Uh-uh. No. No. Don't even think it. Must less say it. Hmm? But even though you didn't earn it, you didn't merit it, he bought and paid for it. And offered it to us by grace. Through faith, it is a mercy. Paul and his team. One thing I like about the Bible, it is absolute truth. There's nobody trying to color things and cover things to make themselves look good. It's the way it is. It's truth. Truth makes you free. Paul had a man helping him by the name of Epaphroditus. We call him Epi. (laughs) 
Philippians 2.25, he said, I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and a fellow soldier, your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. Now this man, Paul calls him a what? A brother. What else? Huh? A fellow soldier. A companion in labor. This man's a minister. Isn't he? And he's their messenger. He's the one sent from their church to Paul to assist him. And the Bible said, He longed after you and was full of heaviness because you heard that he had been sick. And indeed he was sick, near unto death. Now you know, Some people might say, well, this man's on Paul's team. He's sick. Not just sick. He's about dead. At death's door. Well, why couldn't Paul heal him? Paul never was the healer. Hmm? And uh, sometimes people think, well, just because, you know, I believe in healing, it's because God uses me to minister healing to people. That means I'll be automatically healed the rest of my life. Well, ministers are especially anointed to minister healing, but we got to receive it just like everybody else. By faith. And if you presume that the anointing on you is going to automatically take care of you all your life, you get in trouble. And so Epaphroditus, uh, he's in a rough way. But tell me what happened. But Paul had such amazing faith. You know, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. Paul, by that apostolic anointing that was on him, got epi healed. No. Well, Brother Epi had so much faith. He blasted through this thing and lived. No. How many believe the Spirit of God said it exactly the way it should have been said through Paul right here? What happened to, what happened to Brother Epi? God had mercy on him. Now, you've got to understand, if you've always done everything perfect, you don't need mercy. You can get by on justice. (laughs) But the very fact of saying God had mercy on him means what? Come on, I've been giving you the definition all night. What does that mean? means Epi didn't get some bad stuff he should have got and did get some good stuff, in this case healing, that he shouldn't have got. Why? You think a fella... Traveling with Brother Paul and helping Brother Paul would need mercy? With all that faith around? And all that revelation? You know it. (laughs) You're not ever going to find anybody (laughs) or anywhere where you're not going to need mercy. And never think you can just ride somebody else's coattail and somebody else's faith through everything and for everything. God expects things of you. And other people, I don't care who you are and how much you love them and how much faith you think they got or how much they know God. Don't think they can do all your praying for you and all your believing for you. But what if I feel like I don't know enough and I ain't got enough and I'm in trouble? 
Remember the M word. Remember it. Huh? When you realize, man, I've messed up. I'm on the wrong road. I zigged when I should have zagged. And here I am just nose in the carpet. Nose in the carpet. And go, God, have mercy on me. I'm telling you, it worked every time. You see it in the Bible. Every time any man or woman did it, they got what they needed. Every one of them. Brother Epi was sick. Brother Epi is Paul's preaching sidekick. They do meetings together. But he about died. And would have died. Would have died. Would have died. How many understand this? With all of Paul's faith and revelation and multiple visitations from the head of church, Epi would have still died. And Epi, with all his faith and knowledge and preaching, he'd have died. Except for what? Except for, except for one thing. Except for the mercy of God. This will get you through when you don't know. When you have come to the end of yourself and the end of your road, this is what you can do. You can fall on His mercy. Say, Lord, help me. Help me. I've run up something. I don't know what to do with it. Help me. Have mercy. I know I don't deserve it. I know I hadn't done everything right. I know I can't earn it and merit it, but I know I don't have to. You are a merciful God, and I'm asking you for mercy. I'm asking you that I don't get the bad stuff I should get. And I'm asking you that I can get the good stuff that I shouldn't get. He said he was at death's door. He was near unto death. But, but, but. God had mercy on him and not just on him, but on me also. What's Paul saying? He said, I am personally thanking God that he had mercy on me. Why? Epi's my helper. He's a brother. He's a fellow soldier. And said, God had mercy on him when he healed him. But at the same time, he had mercy on me and he had mercy on us. He had mercy on you. He had mercy on us when he did. Thanks be unto God. How many believe he is every bit as merciful tonight with you and me in Branson as he was with Brother Epi and Brother Paul? He's the great almighty I am that I am who never changes the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he had mercy on him, he'll have mercy on you and on me Which means we know it's God's will for us all to be healed. Stand on your feet, please. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.